This is the DX Podcast, proudly presented by Wondrous. Episode 10 of the second season with Esther Fugger. So um, we're really happy uh, to welcome our very own Esther Forgel to this episode of the DX Podcast. And on top of that, my co-host today is Lisa, hey. uh, our new comms officer here at Wondrous. And that's not it. Uh, on top of all of that, it's also your birthday, Lisa. Yes, it is. Happy birthday. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> oh, of course, that uh, won't have much relevance when this episode comes out, uh, but <coughs> happy birthday nonetheless. Thank um, you. It's so great to have you on board here. And uh, to be honest, we can't really imagine life without you oh, come already. Oh, It's just only been six weeks. Well, exactly. That's how much of an impact you've had on <laughs> us. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Um, so before you joined us, you just finished uh, university, right? Um, and you had an internship at the British Embassy. Um, any big changes between the British Embassy and Wondrous? Um, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> There's less tea here. Ah, okay. <laughs> no, but I mean, um, it's hard to actually compare those two um, positions that I had or that I'm just inhabiting right now. And I mean, it was fun at the British Embassy, but it was more rigid in mm -hmm. the way how you have to word anything. And I mean, I understand it because it was like you're representing a, um, a monarchy, an institution that just has its way uh. and that you just can't change. And now here at Wondrous, I have so much more um, liberty to do anything. So that's very liberating for me as well. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I love that fact. So I can be more creative. So. Cool. Yeah, looking forward to it. So, so you started well. Um, mm -hmm. and, and now to our guest, Esther. Um, thank you so much for joining us here. It's uh, such a pleasure to be talking with you, um, about you especially. Um, would you mind giving us uh, a couple of insights on the path that kind of led you to Wondrous in the first <laughs> place? Yeah, that's going to be a short one. Um, <laughs> I, I uh, studied um, cultural studies with my major in philosophy in Lucerne and Basel, and also for a, for a semester also in Zurich. Um, and then I, I decided for myself that I don't want to go into this uh, academical path. Um, so I googled for jobs, or back then it was not really so much googling, just searching for, for jobs, and there was one. Um, that was called a content manager um, at Wonders. I had to Google what a content manager is, actually, okay. um, to, <clears throat> to find out what the position is for. So uh, I applied. I, I got invited to, to the interview uh, with Michael, uh, the founder. Um, and I think we, we spoke about 10 minutes briefly about the position and then switched to other topics like cooking and wine. Oh, wow. um, and then we agreed that, well, this will work out. <laughs> um, and that's, yeah, that's how I came to Wonders. Uh, in comparison to Lisa, who just joined six weeks ago, I'm here an eternity, right? It's, I think, 10, ten and a half and years. 10 yeah. years and nine months, I calculated <laughs> yeah. it before. Yeah. Wow. Crazy, yeah, but it it seems like a long time, but it didn't feel like a long time because my, my position, I mean, I said, I started as a content manager. Honestly, I never did that. If you compare that 
what I did from the very beginning to 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 a yeah, description of content management. It's something completely different. Um, there was was project management involved from the very beginning, um, also content editing, refactoring, stuff like that. So and that changed then on the way into more account management topics. Then again in in more conceptual work. So I really did a lot, a lot of different positions yeah, until now. So what was it that caught your eye originally in this this content manager position? Honestly, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was, uh, you would say, uh, I was young and needed the money. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, th- to be honest, I mean, it, it was that way. I, I explored different positions and I remember briefly that that this was one one ad for for a job where you didn't have to have so much experience mm-hmm. because I didn't have any experience coming fresh from university. Which can help sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you have a notion back then where, where that could lead uh, in any way or shape or form? No. Do you have to be point? perfectly no. honest, no. <laughs> Because that back then you were also in a in a different office than the one before this one, right? That was that on exactly. Sankt Forstadt or something. Exactly, like yeah. So you were solving completely different uh, problems than you are now. Definitely. What was it back then exactly? More like marketing comms. Yeah, more marketing websites, rather simple um, websites. Yeah. Okay. And also some some so-called migration uh, projects where we had to um, migrate migrate lots of of contents, but also templates and stuff from one system into another. That stuff like that. Okay, has cool. changed a lot. <laughs> just a, just a little bit, just a little bit. And the team's gotten a little bit bigger as well, um, uh, or a, <laughs> a lot of a bit bigger. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, ten years uh, is factor it? fifteen, right? <laughs> <laughs> ten years is a is a long time in anyone's yep. books. I mean, I've I've never really uh, you know have been able to to hold one station for I don't, longer than five years. I don't think, which is also a long time. I mm-hmm. don't think. Um, the, mine it's it's kind of mind boggling that amount of time in in one company and the amount of changes that this whole kind of industry has been through. Mm-hmm. Uh, since then, um, like if you were kind of able to wrap that up, wrap that kind of phase up into a couple of sentences, how how would you do that? Because you're like the expert here at kind of distilling those really kind of complex problems into some simple kind of statements that everyone can understand. <laughs> That's how I kind of see it, anyway. Um, and I mean that as a as a compliment, of course. Um, Thank you, Peter. <laughs> Usually, I have time for this, you know. And <laughs> We're putting you on the spot here. Yes. Okay. Well, I I'd say <clears throat> the the maybe one of the biggest changes is that back then everyone just spent money in digitalization and what. What that meant was also completely different. It was essentially just, first of all, having a website out there, um, creating digital mater- material out of, of printed materials. But it still had to go hand in hand. Um, and 
that was it. So it was in a different level um, in terms of complexity, but also in terms of, of the work as, it's, as, as itself. It was just a one thing, one-off thing, and then you would, yeah, you would go on to, to something else. Um, or, for example, we, we, we worked back then for a, for a big client with many, many subdivisions, let's call it this way. Um, and then you had to do some rollout. But essentially, this was just building the same old websites over and over again. Um, and there was money for that. While nowadays, it became more clear what digitalization means. It means to, to um, process information or uh, information ex exchange basically in a different way for many companies and with that um, the problems got more complex and also the what I mentioned in the very beginning I said everyone should spend money on what they thought was digitalization it also came back to the fact that companies nowadays companies and organizations nowadays I think they're much more aware of of the business value a digitalization process has to create on their side um, and not just do it so you have something out there because, yeah, it belongs out there. So Gosh, I think that. this, yeah, that wraps it up, at okay. least from my position. No, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, we, we, we often also talk about the kind of the budget shift between yeah. Um, marketing uh, budgets and now mm. more in, in the business units. Yeah. Um, so um, you know, if they spend this money on these mm. new platforms, apps, websites, then they need to be able to solve a relevant business case, of course, exactly. as well. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, uh, you're, you're right. It's also with whom you were in contact back then. It was always marketing and communications. Mm -hmm. But now I think I've... The last time I had someone <laughs> on client side from marketing and communications was four years mm -hmm. ago. Yeah. Um, and if then you have someone from brand who just reviews the stuff um, that is compliant, you're right. It's, it's all actually um, also visible, visible in there, the budgets and, and the cases, they don't even come anymore from marketing and communication side. Cool. Yeah. All right. That kind of wraps it Thank up you. nicely for me. So that shift from philosophy to digital, do you see any correlation between the two? Yeah, maybe in, in the way you work. Um, we, we have here uh, basically a process that, that uh, deals with analyzing problems, analyzing also current, um, current uh, situations, um, as I said, business processes, business cases, etc. Um, and here, and that's, and that's to be done very thorough and it needs time. Um, and that's definitely something that is super important as well in, in philosophy. But yeah. I, I was I was kind of thinking about this before, and and for me, you know, if you philosophize, you kind of go in this kind of abstract direction where something doesn't necessarily yeah. need to be tangible, um, or maybe the less tangible, the better. <laughs> in a case, I don't know, um, but I think that a lot of the time in in what you do here um, is is taking something abstract and making it tangible. 
Does that does that ring true? E- yes, yes, you could say that. Yeah, we shouldn't forget though that, of course, um, academical philosophy it's not quite <laughs> essentially the same as everyday philosophy. Let's say. Because the ultimate goal, I think at least, it's it's to find some kind of of theory or explanation um, for that is that is really coherent and in that sense true for certain problems you couldn't explain or problems uh, situations um, or things you can um, just observe. For, for which you didn't have an explanation before that. Mm-hmm. Okay. In that sense, it's not quite that abstract <laughs> as, as one might think. But yeah, you're right. Okay, cool. Oh, for once. <laughs> oh. So um, now you lead um, a team of, of consultants um, in, the, in the strategy area here, here mm-hmm. at Wondrous. Um, which, uh, as I mentioned, it, it involves an incredible amount of problem solving. Um, so there's literally no copy-paste uh, in your work. Um, it, you always kind of start from scratch, right? Um, which, which means you do a, a crazy amount of thinking, and, but you also have a lot of output as well, um, customer-facing output, of course, as well. Um, how do you deal with that amount of... Um, head-heavy kind of work? <laughs> um, I, I was uh, was about to say something, <laughs> but I'm not going to say that because <laughs> then I, I sound crazy. Um, I, I think that y- you're right, and, and the workload, I mean, that's why we built my team. Um, it only started uh, at the beginning of the of the year with Caroline joining us. Um, now I have two team members, Caroline Serato, and someone else will, will join in a f- little while, uh, the team, because of that workload. And it has it ha- had an impact on, on, on my... Um, personal life or on myself because it is simply it's a lot of work and there's it's so head heavy as you just um, suggested Um, I think it it ended up a bit in me doing private stuff that is not so head heavy anymore I really like to go out um, to the mountains hiking um, but also I go for a walk every day um, Every day, 10K steps, important Okay. Um, for your health, yeah, <laughs> mentally and physically. Um, and then also in the evening, I have to be honest, while others tell me, oh, I do this in the evening, that, and, and, and oh, so much activity, I read this book, I listen to that podcast. What I do is cooking and watching TV. Mm-hmm. Okay having conversations with my my boyfriend partner <laughs> um but that's about it um so so that definitely um had an impact yeah okay yeah yeah you're a huge foodie yeah i am and any uh, any uh, and you like cooking you love cooking as well right i do um any any favorites any any uh, particular directions you like to to head in um no, not necessarily. Um, 
because yeah, I like to do different stuff, but but certainly uh, as my partner is half uh, Thai, of course that has become a huge huge um, influencing factor, um, and also I mean Thai food is just the best. It is A and B never wrong. There's not a single moment I could say no. I'm totally not in the mood for Thai. It beats everything. So I think we agree, right? I see also Lisa yes, nodding. Well, <laughs> as, as Chinese, I maybe can't fully agree to that. Okay. I, I mean, just <laughs> Asian kitchen or cuisine in general. Okay. You can never go wrong with that, yes. No. <laughs> we can I, agree I on that. I okay. don't want to argue with you about that. So. <laughs> so if someone did ask you, if you only had one cuisine uh, to live with for the rest of your life, you'd go with Thai. It's a pretty yeah. balanced diet as well, yeah. Yeah. But not, it's spicy. Not like the carb-heavy mm. Italian. Oh, I see. Ah, okay, cool. Oh, spicy food, yeah. Hiking in the mountains. Do you do like pro- you do like proper uh, like weekends treks as well, don't you? Uh, no, no, not so much. I'd like to, but <laughs> then I'm I'm or no, maybe not yet that hardcore, yeah. But. But we go for 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 days and really long hikes. Um, also, quite sporty and challenging hikes. Yeah. Cool. Um, and so, so one thing that I'm I'm usually also very kind of interested in um, in in these stories about careers and and trajectories and and all those kind of things. Um, if there's anyone in particular kind of on your on your path that you would kind of I know, attribute your particular, um, I don't know, area of skills or um, if if they led you in a particular direction at any particular time that kind of led you onto a path that you kind of felt comfortable with or you may not have thought of yourself before? Probably it would be as cheesy as it sounds, but Michael, the founder of uh, Wonders, because I mean, he he always shaped the company into the new direction and that allowed me to grow with it, along it, but also bring in different aspects. And he's always open for that. Mm. So I, I'd say that. And on a personal level, there have been many um Many different people, certainly my my uh, family, especially my mom or and my sister, uh, but also like mentioned Patrick, um, my partner, who's supporting me a lot, and mm. also brings sometimes a little bit the lightness in back into my life. Cool. Oh, that's cool. Um, and and now that we're back in the office again, um, it's open to everyone whether you'd mm-hmm. like to come or in or not. And you live in uh, beautiful Lucerne, which is at the foot of the mountains uh, that you like to go hiking in. Um, how how has the whole kind of home office situation changed um, your kind of work life balance? Hmm. In good ways and in bad ways as well. Yeah, yeah. Both. Um, when it started. Uh, I mean, the good thing is, obviously, you have much more flexibility. People always say you have more time, which is, for me, certainly not true, because I always worked on the train, and I could work quite quite well. Um, mm-hmm. Impressive, <laughs> I can't. 
Not yet. Maybe you get used to it. No, I don't think so. I f- fell asleep on the train. <laughs> okay. That's just a thing of mine. Well, at least then you get some time to, to uh, rest. Yeah, that's that's true, actually. Can help as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, so it gave me more flexibility. And suddenly I could go for a walk at, at Friday at four o'clock. While when you're in Basel, you finish something, you're depending on a train, also some afterwards drink or something with, with others from the team. I I mean, at some point it just gets, it always gets very late then. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, you don't feel flexible um, anymore. And then on the bad side, you are flexible to work anytime, mm-hmm. all the time every day and that made it quite quite hard for me to stop mm-hmm. working to uh, to get also the necessary distance our apartment is not that big but i don't think that the size really uh, makes a difference there um yeah you just don't go away from computer and sometimes i would discover myself from sitting there from 6 30 in the evening uh, in the morning of course <laughs> until 8 p.m okay non-stop Non-stop, yeah. Okay. And you still are in pyjamas, no, not in pyjamas, <laughs> but but really in, in trainers and a t-shirt. Uh, you have not been out, didn't see any sunlight, uh, didn't get any fresh air, barely ate something that is halfway decent. Yeah. Pack noodle soups. Oh, nice. Asian pack noodle soups. <laughs> Big surviving mm-hmm. um, element, yeah. Yeah. So that's it, and of course, there's also the the social uh, the social aspect. I mean, meeting up with team teammates. Um, yeah, we didn't do that that regularly in the beginning. A little bit more often, mm-hmm. but it's not the same to sit in front of of, of a screen with a bunch of people, um, like like sitting at the Rhine or in a pub. So there's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Exactly. And, and okay. And yeah. everything in between. That's kind, of, that's kind of how I experienced it yeah. as well. Um, although my my uh, path to the office is a lot shorter than yours. Um, it's I have a five minute bike ride, but uh, nice. during lockdown, um, yeah, those I think it was about five months that I spent in basically the same room, um, and. <laughs> My my step counter. Um, after a while, it was kind of like, "Are you still alive? Because <laughs> um, you, like, you're not making any more steps. Uh, it, it would be ten to the toilet, ten to the kitchen, and then back yeah. to the table again." Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's yeah. why I bought it. And and at some point, I really said, "Okay, then ten thousand every day." I know it's not that little actually, mm. but it's. It's a fair amount that you should allow yourself to spend outside. Mm. It helps you a lot. And if you if you don't do it in one go, if you go out in the morning quickly and then over lunch lunch time and then one time in the afternoon, it's easy to achieve. Exactly. If you have to achieve it in yeah. one go, then you suddenly realize, oops, shit. Mm-hmm. But it was interesting discussing that also with Laura Gear, uh, yeah. one of our designers here at Wondrous. Um, because uh, she's huge uh, outdoorsy person yeah. as well, um, and 
So it was a long and dark winter um, with uh, you know a lot of snow, a lot of rain, and it was it was basically not like, kind of like our summer, <laughs> although without the snow, of course. Um, and um, she's like, I can't, I can't go out in the evening um, because mm. it's dark. Um, so how about and we kind of you know look at doing longer lunch breaks um, where I can go out and I can get my my. Uh, kind of shot of, of uh, um, you know, sport in. Um, and so we kind of uh, worked on trying to integrate you know, wor- work and sport and, and kind of getting out mm. and, and because it is so important. And, and um, as you say, like you need to get out. And it's, it's a lot of um, you know, the, not just the physio- physiological um, hygiene that we're talking about. It's more mm-hmm. also the psychological. It's like you just need to get out and you need to kind of clear your head of uh, of your of your thoughts, um, good and bad, of course, um, and uh, yeah, that's so important. Um, but now I see now that we're coming back to the office again, like I'm moving much more, of course, um, just because it's uh, all of the distances I make are longer, um, and and it's uh, I think you know, kind of uh, communication in the team, as you mentioned, mm. also is, has become so much easier. It's like we see each other at the coffee machine and and. Uh, can discuss uh, simple matters um, that we may have had to have uh, done a half hour mm. call for um, otherwise, um, or you wouldn't have done it. So, okay, cool. Um, yep. May I just ask something? How did you actually do that with the onboarding of Caroline? Because she, when you hired her, it was the lockdown, mm-hmm. I think, here in Switzerland. So what were the challenges? Like, I mean, if something like this would happen again, do you have any tips for others, like how the hiring process could be done much more easily or, or what you see is improve, where improvement should be done? Mm-hmm. So when I hired her, um, it wasn't lockdown anymore, complete lockdown. Yeah, she has been to the office uh, and I saw her face-to-face a couple of times. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that was really good. But when she started, I mean, this obviously was was uh, three months later. Um, the second, yeah, I mean, it was not a full lockdown, right? Uh, December and no, um, just November the last one, year. Right? The shutdown, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the sh- mm-hmm. <laughs> nice words they find for these uh, <laughs> things, right? Um, let me think about it. I barely even remember it feels like she's here forever <laughs> already um yeah i think you what you have to do is really you have to block time in calendar in the calendar um so you are able to see each other at least virtually every day in the first few weeks because otherwise it must be terrible for her um so that's certainly something i I tried to do. Um, probably I also spent more time with her in a virtual meeting than, than you have to do if you if you uh, see each other at the office. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I mean, it was also, for me, it was the first onboarding experience, right? She was the first person I ever hired. Not, not entirely, but where I had to make the full onboarding in my team, so... <laughs> So I, I don't have anything to compare to, I guess. Yeah, I just did my best. And she, at least she gave me so far positive <laughs> feedback on how, how it went. So She seems happy when I talk to her. So 
Wait, I think she's sitting over there. Maybe we could get her in here yeah, and ask her directly. Maybe we should do that. <laughs> um, okay, one one other question that I, I do like to ask. Um, um, also because it tells uh, a nice story sometimes about mm. kind of, uh, you know, the, ah, we'll see. Um, <laughs> what would your perfect project look like? Is that is that budget based, time based, personnel based, problem based? Like, what what would be your dream project to work on? I think where I could set up the project, you know, define what's going to happen, how long it takes, what work packages, what, um, what methods will be used together with the team, uh, meaning especially our UX. Um, team um, because we are basically the other side at least one aspect mm -hmm. of our role as project consultants is just the other side from from ux um, together with those and define the budget based on what our plan is yeah. and keep it flexible throughout the things because when you start with with the project you might run into a situation that you did not not you might you always do you, you discover, that's why it's called discovery or analyzing phase, you discover stuff. So you should be able to, to decide based on what you discover and find out what's going uh, to happen next. Mm -hmm. So I would love that. Cool. <laughs> so we need to go out and sell those projects now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, any, uh, any particular highlights in your career so far? I wish I could show that oh. face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm happy that no one saw this face. Um, not really. I mean, th there were so many little, little things, uh, small things uh, that that happened along the way that I really enjoyed when happening. I remember one of it. It sounds crazy. Um, maybe this is one of the things that we'll have to cut out later. Oh. Um, but for example, when I got got the first uh, phone from the company or the credit card, uh, the first credit card, I mean, this was really something where I said, okay, um, okay, I achieved something, at least they trust or they match uh, uh, trust in me and, and trust that I'm doing the best and, and shows me some, some appreciation uh, for what I'm doing. Um, but also also uh, receiving feedback from customers, um, from clients. They said we did a uh, super job, uh, or me in particular, of course. You ask for my personal highlights. Uh, if they said that, I think one one person once said they would not would not know what to do if I wasn't there. So that certainly was a highlight. One highlight now it comes to my mind. I could I could travel to to uh, to London. I could travel to Helsinki um, for for work in project work, and that of course is also something really cool because then you you see okay you you seem to have some impact. They would not <laughs> spend so much on you if 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 they didn't believe that that something would come out. And then one thing I would like to mention. It's also when you receive feedback for the whole team. Mm -hmm. I remember, um, especially with new team members, 
I remember when, when working with, with our new UX designers, for example, or, or also our designers, when, when the client comes, oh my God, such great person, what great work. I mean, this, this really feels good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. Um, so we know now what your background looks like <laughs> and where you're at at the moment. Um, do you get any time at all ever to kind of, you know, I don't know, crystal ball, like think about what your future might look like. <laughs> you asked me in the beginning why I chose the job or why I fell for for the job ad. And I said, well, nothing in particular, to be <laughs> honest. And I'm a bit that kind of person. Um, doesn't mean I'm not ambitious or, or something like that, but I'm having a hard time to really, you know, define goals. It, I'm more of a person who feels stuff and goes into a direction and decides when the situation is there if I like it or not (laughs) something like that but my future definitely will be with a dog oh okay yeah wow I haven't heard that (laughs) one yet but you don't have one yet do you no okay but that's in the books not yet okay this year I have to see if I find one Uh, okay uh this year um because yeah, as you know, sometimes you have to go on a waiting list for for the dogs. Okay. Yeah. Um yeah, but one reason I also like the question that I asked you before, um, we had a, a really interesting answer. Also in the same vein, um, from uh, Javier, uh, one of our podcast guests. Mm-hmm. Um he also kind of he, he mentioned, look, um I'm happy now. Why should I think about um why I might not be happy in the future? Let me kind of think about that when I get there. And uh, and then I'll sort it out from there. So yeah, that's kind of kind of in that direction. So I appreciate mm. that. It's cool. Um, and I also really uh, appreciate you having uh, been our guest on on this uh, podcast. Very Thank you much. so much for me too. Thank, Thank you, you for for having me here. <laughs> we have reached the end of this digital experience podcast. Thanks for listening. For further information about us please head over to weawondrous.com.